0: Because there is no methadone for football and talking Patriots is a 24-7, 365 responsibility, which we take very seriously. Your pals Fitzy and Hart, Jumbo and the Knucklehead are back once again for six rings and football things brought to you by WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Here we were just a couple of days ago thinking that we had fulfilled obligations, talked enough Foxborough football for the week giving you people some thoughts, news, notes, and nuggets filled with perspective and analysis to chew over for a couple of days in what we were calling the lull or the lull before the draft. Next thing you know, we wrap it up. We post the pod, carry on with our lives. And then two hours later, Mike Florio, once again, just absolutely lobs. Uh, well, I don't even know what kind of grenade to to call Florio's story story. Uh, it's not really a report How would you frame that, Andy? What word would you give Besides, like, garbage or nonsense Which I really don't think it necessarily is What would you call that sort of uh, Like an opinion-based Semi-formed report? Well, I won't call it fake
1: news As Gronk called it On the uh, K. Adams podcast And it's not misinformation either uh, I think it's infotainment I think there is some sliver of information in there Mm -hmm. but it's also very much in the world of talk radio speculation extrapolation sort of talking about it and you know i know florio on our station used well this would be the next logical step in this tough relationship between bill and mac and that's what makes it believable if if mac had gone to the playoffs last year and everything Mm -hmm. was great and his stats had been 30 percent better than his rookie year None of this would be believable. It is because of the struggles and the outbursts and Bill not saying he loves Mac and Bill not tying himself to Mac and all of those things.
0: He can that start in this cool. league.
1: Thanks, coach. Yeah, he can play in this league. And I was looking to see if any teams would like him to play for them in this league. Um, but I also need to say I don't trust a thing Florio Reitzer says. He's a muckraker, he runs with rumors and innuendo. He's made it work for him. I, mm-hmm. I I'm not he's very good at what he does and he gets read. I can tell you people in Gillette Stadium, people in every NFL building in the country read Florio. They check it a few times a day, whether it's to see whether their opponents are being dragged through the mud, whether, uh-oh, what are they saying about our team? Who the hell leaked this? Where did this, like, they check it. They. But I also think there's some aspect of National Enquirer to it, like where you just read it and you're like, <laughs> that kind of made me laugh. Imagine if that was actually true. That would be crazy. And then you move on.
0: It's a little football TMZ, uh, mixed splashed with the sun, an actual, yeah. an actual, an actual semi credible site. Um, Florio is an opinionator, a troublemaker, an aggregator. So there's a little bit of everything in there, he's but also I think- a
1: hypocritical, oversensitive biznitchy. I mean, <laughs> the guy that he once reported that Terry Bradshaw died. Terry Bradshaw didn't die, obviously, he's still on my Fox broadcast every week. Mm-hmm. He also once reported off of a Patriots.com podcast I was doing when we were doing this. We were spitballing, talking, Mm -hmm. took what we spitballed about and used it as actual sourcing for a blog on Pro Football Talk. So you need to take everything he says with like a big old 50-pound bag of salt.
0: Yeah, like a nice big thick pink Himalayan salt block because yeah, and, and I think a lot of us learned this week meat and salt. You need yeah, to encrust
1: yeah. every florio report in salt. There's meat in there somewhere, but mm-hmm. there's a whole thick crust of salt on there.
0: There's a kernel of truth, if you will, and I think that's what this comes down to. I think it's not just a, a like I want to believe. I don't think a lot of us wanted to or needed to believe this week, Andy that Bill Belichick was shopping actively or had previously tried to shop Mac Jones. But I think given the number of reporters around town who I still, whether they're Doug Kide working A to Z sports, Andrew Callahan at the Herald, Tom Curran, who not only at NBC sports Boston and his podcast, but has also gone on our radio station and said the relationship between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones is not great, Bob, because right. Bill is still pissed that Mac Jones went behind his back or talked to other people last year saying, help me Josh McDaniels or help me somebody at Alabama. I've got Matt Patricia and you're my only hope.
1: If, if you remember, I did the interview with Tom Curran either in November or December, where he said the quarter, his phrase was this, the quarterback is making an enemy of the head coach. Yes, And I let, and I let him finish the answer. And I even circled back around and said, you said he's making an enemy of the head coach. Is that truly what you want to say? And he doubled down. He said, yes. so, That, as the backdrop, makes this believable. Now, we have countering reports. Jeff Howe said it's kind of believable that anything's on the table, but he reached out to some teams that said, no, they hadn't been approached about Mac Jones. So Mm, they could
0: also be, but they also might be, you know, doing Bill a solid in return. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's what I would. Here's what I would believe. This, again, is not fact. This is just a. Somebody who's a Patriots outsider, if you will, yep. works in the media, but you know puts his fandom first and wears it proudly on his sleeve. Although some days it's a, a little heavier than others. Cover it up a little. Bit. What I would—it's <laughs> like one of those tattoos you get lasered off. Like, hey, can I turn? <laughs> can I turn this girl's name into like uh, like a sunset or something? That'd be great. Thanks. So, uh, or a sports logo. What I believe is that Bill Belichick, between Max Histrionic's Him showing up, Matt Patricia, going behind his back, calling other people last year, which I can't say that I wouldn't have done in a similar situation as well because of what an absolute disaster the offense was and the personnel situation and the coaching hierarchy and structure were last year. All of these things, the on-field antics, going behind his back, not wanting to listen, being a pushback guy, absolutely frosted Bill Belichick's flakes in the worst way possible. Which Everything did last year. Now... You get to the off season. I think Bill, maybe in conversation with some other head coaches or friends around the league, didn't actively shop Mac Jones, but perhaps in conversation, you know, at a pro day, East West Shrine Game, owners meeting, just been like, you know, like, hey, what do you think of Mac? Hey, right. You know, what if I told you I had this uh, shiny, slightly dented McCorkle? It's a single v- a single car. You can d- get the VIN number and the Carfax on it, like. It's only been in a couple of minor dings. It's never had to go to the shop for major repair work or anything. And people may have said, like, nah, not for me. Like, we're signing Garoppolo. Thanks, Bill. I like him, but I'm not going to get him. So if we if
1: we take it at surface value, like you said, I don't want to yep. say, I think shopping is a strong word. Correct. But conversations about our quarterback and whatever. I think these happen a lot. They should happen a lot.
0: You, uh, you're you the one who say, who informed the audience when I was poking around trying to glean from you what it's like to be at the combine and not just be watching very strong athletic men in their underwear, bench press and do vertical leaps and cone drills. You know, what happens? So maybe some of the, somebody else may have said on behalf of Bill, like, hello, I'm an I'm an ambassador of the New England Patriots. Uh, right. Well, we might be looking at quarterbacks. What do you think of Mac? That's it. So,
1: so let's take that as our leaping off point. And I know some people right there will get mad. Oh, it's stupid. Why you even talk? But whatever. If Bill did this on whatever mm-hmm. level, <laughs> I would want to know, did he do it? Because Bill Belichick, the talent evaluator, has decided, like many fans have decided, Mac's not the guy. He has a ceiling. There's limitations, whatever. And I use the example, the current head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, was a third-round pick who a year later was cut by Bill Belichick. And that's a high pick to be cut a year later. He did not have a good NFL career. He's now a rising star as a young coach, whatever. But Bill was right. Talent-wise, he was not an NFL quarterback. Is that the decision that Bill has made or is it the decision you're talking about? Is it, I don't like his comportment, his leadership. He showed he's not a fallen line guy. He, he went out. I think Curran keeps bringing up chain of command. He went outside the chain of command. Because uh, what are we back the at issue, the Navy? Jeez. Right. If that's the issue, I have a problem. If Bill has decided. Mac cannot be a franchise quarterback for the New England Patriots. He's not the guy that's going to lead me to the playoffs, to a playoff win, to Don Shula's record. I have no problem with that because I think it's believable. I have those questions myself. I think you uh-huh. have those questions. Some fans, sure. as you noted, have no questions. They've decided he is not the guy. He can't play in this modern football league. He's not good enough. I'm okay with that. Trade away, Bill. Move on. Reset the ticker at quarterback. I'm, But don't tell me it's about oh, he had an outburst or, oh, he questioned the terrible coaching. And it feels like that could be the answer. And why? Nothing to do with Mac. The fact that Brian Hoyer, who had guaranteed money on his contract, who you need a third quarterback, who you've loved for like 15 years, is now playing for the Josh McDaniels-led Las Vegas Raiders. And Tom Curran has reported the reason why? Because Brian Hoyer questioned what the hell was going on on that offense, on that coaching staff and in that building that got him kicked out. So that leads me to believe Mac is being punished and or potentially punished for the way he handled it as well. And that's terrible. That's embarrassing for Belichick.
0: If that's the case, then it's a real bad look. Because you know the owner's leaning on you. The owner has apologized to the fans. The owner has promised the fans things are going to get better. The owner has issued press releases just days after the end of a disappointing season that helped the Patriots have an aggregate losing record to date since Tom Brady was released or said he was forever a Patriot, St. Patrick's Day 2020. I'm not going to buy into it along the lines of some conspiracy theorist like, well, look, Bill's letting all of Mac's guys go. No Damian Harris, no Jacoby Myers. Anyone else that was a Mac guy that was a friend of his, that was one of his targets or close allies on the team, they're being let go. Well, Hunter Henry is still on the team, so Bill Belichick must have drawn a line in the sand at a certain point if you want to go down that wormhole. The Hoyer thing, though, is really disappointing because I know people love to mock the idea that Hoyer's in the game put an L in the column. This guy's the best clipboard holder ever. This guy's what a backup legend, but I don't want to see Hoyer start. I've always had my fun, you know, bringing the hyperbole to the table and trumping him up as Hoyer, oh, yeah, the destroyer. Cause we just sort of have fun like that. That's like the kind of nonsensical fun you hear in the three hundreds when people are on their seventh breakfast beer. But for a guy who came back for his third stint with the team and said, I'm moving to the area. I don't want to go anywhere else. This is where I want to raise my family and everyone thought, of course, he's a camp arm. Maybe he'll have one more year with the system. He can only help out Mac. And he's kind of like a de facto coach coordinator on the field in the sideline. Nothing bad can come from Brian Hoyer being a member of the team, except, of course, Brian Hoyer taking active snaps on the field for him to get released. And then instead, instead of saying in the area, run to Vegas and sign a two year deal when he wanted to commit to living here and raising his kids in the area. That to me was the red flag that, that to is, me was that that was that's really troubling. I feel like that's more telling and
1: more um, substantial or, or surefire than the Florio report. Just Fred Kirsch, the genius that he is, you know him, I love him. Fred Kirsch always said, don't listen to what people say. Look at the actions, the actual actions and, and follow real actions, estate, right? Yep. Actions around um, actions around Hoyer. Just they they tell a story. They tell a tale. That is really interesting. And I would also throw in there, as we talk about, you know, Bill and how he's handling Mac and the whole situation, Robert Kraft coming out last week and saying, we tried an experiment that put Mac in, I'm paraphrasing, but experiment was the word. We tried an experiment that put Mac in a bad situation and it didn't go well. Now we feel like we've made changes that put him in a good situation, Bill O'Brien is brought in, solidify. We've talked about the competency of mm-hmm. the offense and the coaching staff. He is acknowledging that they screwed Mac over. I'm, my word's not his, as they like to say in the business, but they screwed Mac over last year. For some reason, Bill can't acknowledge that. Bill can't acknowledge that he screwed. And Bill, who in his interview with Dan Shaughnessy right before the year, says, if this doesn't work, blame me. Okay, I think Mac blamed you, but now you're blaming him for blaming you when you said blame him. I mean, you. And the know. rest of
0: the fans. Exactly. And that's why I wrote that piece the other day for wei.com about like turmoil over triumph, you know, dysfunction over dynasty, becoming the new normals in, in Foxborough. When all it takes is a simple mea culpa, like my bad, everyone. Sorry, but here we go. We're going to get, you know, do everything that's in the best interest of the football team going forward. We made some mistakes last year. We're going to get back to our winning ways. Just a shred, excuse me, of humility. Getting choked up. Jeez.
1: <coughs> worked that, up. That, you know what? That's, oh, that's what? very appropriate. <laughs> that's Bill yeah. when he tries to apologize. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry.
0: <coughs> <laughs> <I'm> so- <laughs> like he's my- being, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to get some water and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> like he's being force choked. Right. I mean, it's, it's, cr- it's like, it's bananas. P- lots of people are selected, traded for, et cetera, and they don't pan out. It's okay. We get it. We all make mistakes. I, what? Yeah, we all make mistakes. My God. Can, Can I ask you a joke question? about our careers here? But. Oh, cheap whatnot. shot. Oh, come on. Just <laughs> everyone that's listening is like, yeah, I got to. Yeah. But like Andy, it, it's, it's just as simple as showing a skosh of humility. And you win back a lot of the fan base that was so angry that it led Robert Kraft to send out the email and to put out the press release. And it's the same people. That have and I mentioned this on the pod last year and, and on the postgame show or wherever you and I got stationed during the 2022 season, the little fissures, the cracks, the mini civil wars between Pats fans defending Belichick and the ones that are angry about the way things are going and the ones who said Patricia got a bad deal or they should have believed in Patricia. Like It's like we're all, all the infighting in Pats Nation now is ridiculous and none of it is necessary. So that's where I wanted to go because,
1: um, you'll find this shocking. I didn't, I I apologize. I didn't read your piece on weei.com. I should have, uh, my bad. See, I can say my bad. This is how it's done, Bill. My bad. Oh, so I
0: have, I'm supposed to be well-informed and read all of yours, but of course I put the time in and I put some, okay. I'll read it after this. Maybe. Probably not. Probably Um, not. (laughs) Let's be honest. Probably not. Is it,
1: am I getting caught up in the moment? You use the word dysfunction. I agree with the word dysfunction wholeheartedly for a team that had backstairs when Pete Carroll was here, people going up the backstairs to the GM and the owner, a Mm. team that was in the Super Bowl and had a coach um, getting a new job prior to the Super Bowl in Bill Parcells. Am I wrong to say this is dysfunction that's at maybe an even higher level than that, and I am going to call it Sullivan-era dysfunction, Mm. as in the Sullivan family when this team was – a debacle more often than not. And then into the Victor Kiam era and all of that. But Oof. I feel like this is dysfunction. We have not seen in Robert Kraft's time of ownership. I, I really feel. Uh, well,
0: this is- I, that's what, what's so what's so, what's so head scratching about it. Andy is, and I pointed this out in the piece as well, lest we forget that this is a team that's almost comfortable in, in scandal and in amidst turmoil and accusations, like all, many of their championship runs had a scandal sidecar to them and the team always seemed to thrive under them. But now they're a victim of their own device and they're not, not only they're not, they're not thriving. They are going 180 degrees from where they were. They used to garner all the headlines because they were the apple of the league's eye. They were the envy of all the other coaches, players, and GMs. The gold standard of the NFL was Brady, Belichick and Kraft, And now they're garnering all the headlines and getting all the attention for the turmoil, the dysfunction and the madness behind the castle walls. It's just str- it's just very strange and that you have to ask yourself, it's okay to ask this question Patriots fans, is this becoming the new normal for the Patriots? Well, this is
1: first of all the thing I keep getting in my head anytime we talk our way through this offseason really dating back to last year, the Matt Patricia era error and then the post Matt Patricia error. All I hear in my head is that famous. I see what you did there? See, uh, I see, all I hear in my head is that famous Tom Brady, <laughs> that low <laughs> laugh of Tom Brady, like looking and, back. And he goes,
0: hey, "Hey, oh man, yeah." That, like, I know exactly the soundbite yes. you're talking about.
1: And, and I feel like whether it's a direct connect or not, every one of these things that happens strengthens Tom Brady's legacy and power and aura for the Patriot Dynasty and weakens Bill Belichick's. Whether it's fair or not, that is what happens. And I just keep hearing that laugh over and over in my head of Tom Brady. And it's probably not fair, but Bill is making these decisions. Bill made the decision that we, no revisionist history, Bill. Don't claim hindsight is 2020, which you've said to me sarcastically before. Don't tell me it's 2020. This was a dumbass decision last February, last March, last April when you made it to put Mac Jones in a horrific position with his coaches. And you said you wanted us to blame you, except it doesn't seem like you're taking the blame.
0: From the drafting of Nikhil Harry to letting Tom Brady go to not tanking the COVID season when you had a free pass of not having any fans in the stands and you tried to win with Cam Newton to then bringing in Matt Patricia to run the offense or rather, as I've often said, reverse engineer an offense after having served on the defensive side of the ball for 20 years and also run the offensive line, which he was too overwhelmed and inundated with responsibilities and complaints at his desk and front door to be able to do. So he, as we heard, abandoned the post midseason. It's just been a lot of decisions that have led to where we are now. And now this go, this makes me go back to things we've said and what Karen Garigian wrote in the Boston Herald last Sunday, which was, holy smokes, does this make Bill O'Brien's job the most important post in the New England Patriots organization and Pats Nation right now? Because he can come in, clean this shit up right now, get the team back on track with a good draft. They can go 10 and 7, 11 and 6 at best, probably have a, a solid season get to the playoffs, be playoff adjacent. And everyone's like, thank God somebody came in and like put things back on track. But doesn't this feel like a a lost chunk of the Belichick era and Pat's history?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's petering out. It's definitely petering out. It's the denoma, definitely. definitely. Uh, yeah, um, and the Bill O'Brien role is interesting because I have thought of that a little bit in terms of I don't know if you experience this in your household, but I see this a lot in parenting with mm-hmm. one parent. For whatever reason, the time, the place, the issue with the child is just butting heads, and it's like the other parent, oh, yeah. to like step in. It's like, okay, why don't you go grab a beer, Fitzy? I- I'm gonna handle this now. I- I'll, 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 deal with this. That's right, nine a.m. Okay, role. fine. That's Bill O'Brien's role. Hey, yeah. hey, Bill, why don't you go get one of those Bud Light limes you like? Go over there, just just take a breather, I'll handle Mac. You let me deal with Mac. Now that entails Bill having to Bill Belichick allowing that to happen, but I think that needs to happen. I think you need to create an alignment between Bill O'Brien and Mac as sort of the safe space. Like we're gonna fix this, I'm gonna fix you. We're we're Bama boys, you know. We go way back to a couple of years ago when you helped me learn there, I'll help fix you here. That kind now, but will will Bill allow that? Because that might entail, every once in a while, Bill O'Brien saying the same thing Max said on the field. STF, Bill, go away. I got it. I got it. Like, either let
0: me do my job, either let me do what you brought me back here for in the first place, or don't. And if you're going to be a helicopter parent and a micromanager,
1: don't be over my shoulder, like making faces, shaking your head, get out of here. And I don't, does Bill, does Bill have that?
0: That's a great question. That's like, ultimately, that is. The million dollar question as to whether or not the Patriots offense um, works and they get the team back on track this season.
1: What is it nineteen fifty six? That's
0: like the two hundred million dollar question <laughs> yeah, that's not even that's not even enough. Um, uh, yeah, a little oh, a little note from Justin Turpin for our Pats Paris segment coming up in just a minute. We will definitely get to that. Uh, any final thoughts about how you see this shaking out or where this goes the rest of the way? T minus three weeks from the draft as we record. On Thursday, April 6th. Um, I think this, I think this is now it's not water under the bridge, but I think this is, like you said, slowly petering out. It's not a non-story, it's not a report from Flurio. We've heard from a million other people. Oh, they may have made some calls. No, they didn't directly shop them. You and I have our suspicions and beliefs. It's just an uh, it's not a bedwetting moment, it's not a pants on fire moment, but it's an it's alarming. It's a, it's an alarming step in the wrong direction for a franchise that has been shooting itself in the foot unnecessarily for far too long now. And I think that's why guys like us who talk about the Patriots and live, eat, breathe, sleep, Foxborough football care, Andy.
1: So I'm going to uh, we're in a gambling world. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. noticed it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. We can't, can't escape it. So Mac Jones. Games started at quarterback for the New England Patriots in the 2023 season.
0: I'm going to set a number for you at 12 and a half. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say 12 and a half because that's a triggering figure. Of course, that being the PSI of the footballs and the Wells report. I'll take the over.
1: So you believe Mac Jones is the starting quarterback for the Patriots in 2023. Bailey Zappi, you're a backup. He might get hurt. You might come in, but Mac is the man.
0: Yes. And the reason why I believe it is in the best interest of obviously Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien, but ultimately Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots is if Bill Belichick's going to be here for another couple of years and he really doesn't want to work with Mac Jones long term, the best thing you could possibly do is to showcase Mac Jones in the best and most flattering light possible. Surround him with all the talent in the world. Have Bill O'Brien turn that jalopy into a finely tuned European performance sports car. Do the best you can on offense this year. Then maybe someone will have some interest in acquiring Mac Jones for his rookie contract fourth year and picking up the fifth year option, which still makes him a pretty affordable starter. If he proves to be this year, he is a distressed asset right now, and it makes no sense whatsoever to put him on the bench and turn your first round draft pick into a seventh with a chance to bump it up to a sixth at best.
1: Plus the the quick thing that keeps getting reported, um, Burt Breer, maybe one other people. It's mostly Burt Breer that the Patriots didn't see a chasm between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. The right. difference, um, to me, that's a um, indictment of Mac Jones, not a um, positive proclamation about Zappi. Like my mm-hmm. interpretation of that is not that. Oh my God, we have two franchise quarterbacks. No, I look at it the other way. The reason Mac is so close to Zappi is they're both, well, plus backups. Yeah, they're, they're backups. Yeah, they're and plus
0: level backups.
1: If And that may be true. I'm not poo-pooing that. I'm just saying don't pretend that's a positive for Zappi. It's more a negative for Mac when that statement is made, and it means you need a quarterback. I mean, time
0: may tell that two. Mac, you got none. Time may tell that Mac Jones is oh, a we decent got two NFL hosts starter. For this podcast, yeah, exactly. Two hosts, Uh-oh. nothing good. Uh, he may end up becoming A.J. McCarron, John Part. What is it, John Parker Lewis? What the hell was the name of that guy? The other one from Alabama, uh,
1: John Parker uh, Boot, was there a Booty? Josh something, jo- Jim no. David Booty, Josh David Booty. But he was in no. Alabama. But you
0: know who I'm talking about? Like yeah. in the litany of people that quarterbacks people thought from Alabama could become NFL starters. Yeah, it uh, just didn't work out. All right, well, so there we are. The Mac and Bill debacle. What do you guys say? What do you think? Give us a shout anytime at Six Rings Pod, at Fitzy GFY, at Jumbo Heart. And of course, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. But don't go anywhere because everyone's favorite podcast segment is coming up. We got a fresh bag of Pats Peri for you. All right, Andy, let's start off our Pats Peri with a... uh, Well, here, let's start. This will dovetail nicely off what we were just talking about in segment one with the quarterbacks. Uh, from our old pal, Mike Giardi, who will be joining you, of course, Sunday on WEI for an Easter chat. The Patriots have at least investigated bringing in a veteran quarterback to add to their young room. Could have had Hoyer back, it seems, but he, too, had issues with the offensive setup in 2023, just as Myers, Mac, and others did. So now you go check Raiders fan Facebook pages and they have remade the Raiders logo to look like a New England, like you'll see either like the Raiders logo painted in Patriots colors and it says Patriots over top, or I've seen the flying Elvis done in silver and black with a scratch that with an eye patch over the one eye you see like yeah, Josh is 100%. Maybe the most of any place we've called Pat's mid South Pat's West Pat's East Pat's South Pat's West, whatever this may be the pacification of a franchise more than any other. And like we said, the the Brian Hoyer thing is just so incredibly in indicative. I, it, it's an indictment as to how things went last year. What backup quarterback are they going to like? Why not just draft a guy? What ba- What veteran are they going to bring in that's going to shore up the room any better than Brian Hoyer could have?
1: Uh, nobody in terms of knowledge and experience in the system. And yes, the system matters because now you have Bill O'Brien back, which is an offshoot of the original Charlie Weiss, Josh McDaniels system and everything he ran here. Oh, yeah. uh, I think you, you, as you often do, um, stepped in poo and came up smelling roses in one of your predictions and, and excitements. And it wasn't whatever the hell the name, the parole kid is. I think AJ McCarron makes all the sense in the world for a veteran quarterback. And the longer it goes, I'm mm-hmm. assuming you can't announce anything right now because he's playing in the XFL. He's actually under the employment of another league, another football team. But I just think that makes all the sense in the world to be your vet, your new veteran backup quarterback coming off. You know, he's still showing he can throw the ball around a little bit in the XFL. Whatever actually
0: looks, looks pretty good. He's matured yeah. as well. Now he's a family man. His so whole idea, the reason why the he turned and if he, Andy, if you heard, um, the reason why he turned down an NFL backup quarterback job was he said he wanted his kids to see him actually start and play football. Now he's played at a reasonably high level for a developmental league, which may give several NFL franchises reason to consider, you know, a one year, one and a half million dollar deal. I, I would almost feel better having somebody like that. Who's got fresh experience and some maturity about him. Who's been to the playoffs and also should have won that game uh, himself I was, wow, that was a long, that was all the way back in January of 2016. Damn world. That was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago.
1: But I also, and, and I don't know enough about the uh, evolution or the history of the Alabama offense, but I do know, like, for example, we know that when Bill O'Brien arrived, he had to learn the Alabama offense from Mac. So <laughs> I don't know if the history of A.J. McCarron at Alabama, Mac at Alabama, Bill O'Brien at Alabama would actually be a connective tissue within that relationship within that room if he were to arrive but i think he makes a lot of sense and i got to give you credit you predicted that i think week 1 in the national foot uh, xfl how do you say that the x doesn't actually stand for anything
0: no cuz well it was called xfl in 2000 because Vince McMahon wanted it to be the extreme football no i know league.
1: but you know how like when Pete, when bill wants to make a an a point he goes you know a lot's changed in the national football league over the last 100 years if you want to do that for the XFL, you can't. It's the X Football League.
0: So now, so all you have to do now is just call it uh, the Extra Football League. Extra what? Because the other one is the U.S. Football League. Okay, so AJ McCarron on the season, fifteen hundred forty-four yards, sixty-nine percent nice completion percentage, seventeen touchdowns, four picks, not bad. That's a great ratio.
1: I mean, not bad.
0: Four to one. That's, That's a, actually, he's, he's by and he's by far the best quarterback in the XFL. And the Battle Hawks are actually a reasonably fun watch. They also get 35,000 people in the stands, which is about how many were in Fox Pro for Christmas Eve. Jeez, I will. I, say I, though,
1: I, this is another but, example. We would mock another team, whatever. No, team no, no, the we XFL would quarterback. We would mock,
0: but I just want to, I right here, we are time stamping this at 30 minutes into our podcast on our bonus. Uh, our bonus episode this week, three weeks out from the draft. If and when A.J. McCarron does sign with, just like we called the Daniel Aquale resigning, just like we said, Ma- uh, Marcus Jones getting offensive snaps, the many things we've said that other people have then run with and take snake from us, A.J. McCarron makes all the sense in the world to be the third quarterback for the Patriots. Hell, watch him beat out Mac and Zappi. Uh, it wouldn't that be- me. That would be a hell of a story. It also just means you have three mediocre <laughs> quarterbacks. So you have three backup quarterbacks. <laughs> right? Like I mean, Oh my God. That's like when that's like when you're you know what that's like, Andy? It's like you're on a road trip with the family, right? And you're and you're like, we gotta guys, I, I know the hotel's another two hours. Dad wants to try to get a little further along the way. We gotta pull over and eat. And you get off, and there's three restaurants at the at the intersection where you get off the highway. All of them kind of suck. And the and you just try to figure out which of them is gonna give you the least amount of heartburn. And, you know, be the least miserable eating experience possible.
1: See, I I was thinking more of we're on a road trip. Mm -hmm. I packed one bag, three T-shirts, and it's day seven. (laughs) And I'm going, smelling the armpits of this (laughs) one. Like, did I drip any grease on it? You're holding up three dirty, wrinkled, already worn T-shirts. None of them are going to make you look good. None of them are appealing. Your wife is going to be like... You don't have another shirt, and you go. Nah, actually, I don't have another shirt. These are these are the choices. So, is it this wrinkled, smelly one? This wrinkled, smelly one, or this wrinkled, smelly one?
0: We have got. We're now comparing the New England Patriots quarterbacks for 2023 to wrinkled vacation T-shirts and roadside family road trip restaurants. Yep. Dear yep. God, how the mighty have fallen. Yep. But that's our life, and we can only make the best of it. All right, let's talk a little bit about the draft coming up. End a the. This will actually be fun. Um, This is positive, too. This can be optimistic. Lance Zerline, who knows a lot about making mock drafts, not mocking the draft, but rather evaluating talent on its way to the NFL. Good interview. Been on our radio station a few times. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to chat him up soon. Put out his third mock draft. And I got to tell you, he said, this is the one that gets me fired. It's gotten a lot of, it's had a lot of fire attached to it. Do you think there's any legitimacy to his idea that the New England Patriots, Trade up from pick 14 all the way to number three with the Arizona Cardinals and select Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of the University of Florida to the New England Patriots. So that's bananas. I love the
1: idea. You cannot get any more different from Mac Jones, then to Anthony Richardson, right? Mm-mm. Mac was NFL ready. His strengths are up here in his accuracy, intelligence, all of that. Anthony Richardson rewrote the relative athletic scale. It, his score is perfect right now. His, he is the measuring stick. You saw his pro day workout where he hits the roof and then he does like a triple <laughs> windy backflip.
0: The effing. R- yep. He just went through it lazily through a bomb downfield and it hit the roof. He legitimately might have the strongest arm I've ever seen a pro prospect have.
1: And sometimes he uses that arm to throw the ball to the receiver it's supposed to go to. So yeah. he is raw. But he can't
0: throw an eight yard out to save his life.
1: He's raw as can be. And this is where, this is a strange take I would have on this. And I may have a unique perspective on this. I would give Bill Belichick so much credit if he drafted Anthony Richardson, because that would tell me Record be damned. Last couple years of my tenure with the New England Patriots, be damned. I am swinging for the fences to set this franchise up with their Josh Allen, knowing that my age 71, my age 72, my age 73 season, wherever I end my career, I am going to have to take my lumps with a raw, developmental, work in progress quarterback. I think it would be so fascinating.
0: Uh, and, and this would also require a couple of conversations, several big conversations behind the scenes. One, Bill. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. Do you think you can, at the same yeah, time, you, you. can you, you can you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, the guy that looks like every gym teacher that ever told me to lay off the ho-hos and Swiss rolls growing up. Hey, chin, dimple hey, chin. But chin. Yeah, but, hey, but I don't can't imagine that goes over very well. Hey, you over there. Um, can you, at the same time, can you concurrently, spiral up Bailey Zappi to be 80% of what Mac Jones would have been at best this season, perhaps while maybe also working with AJ McCarron and at the same time, you know, buff up and develop Anthony Richardson. Cause we're not going to start him this year, but the prospect this talented, this athletically gifted is too good to pass up and effort. We're going for it. So that's a lot to ask of Bill, Bill O'Brien. Two, Robert, are you okay with all of this? And can you please not fire me if I try to give the Josh Allen of the future to the franchise and set up this guy, number three, the third and final conversation, Gerard, do you think this is the guy you would like to have as your quarterback when I leave town in one, two, or four years?
1: Well, I like the last part, and I'd add an extension to that, Jonathan. I think Bill says to Gerard and Robert, but Robert also says to Jonathan, like, because Jonathan's going to take over the, the leadership of the franchise mm-hmm. at some point, be the face, name, owner, everything. Is this your next quarterback in three years? Because Robert, you know, early 80s, who knows where things go with Robert moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there there would be some really difficult conversations. I would say purely from a greedy perspective for me, being at training camp, like the idea of this competition, the idea of watching Anthony Richardson, develop practice. You know, I used to jokingly put on my Patriots.com blog updates, oh, a flock of geese flew over the practice late in the session. Now I could have a quarterback who may actually kill a goose by throwing a deep ball and take him out of midair. It would be fun. I think you inject fun, and you know my rule. Entertain me. Entertain me. If you're going to be bad, at least entertain me with a freakish athlete who, even when he's bad, he entertains you like that's how athletic he is. So He's
0: not he's not going to turn into like Josh Allen sized Michael Bishop though, is he? he I might. have no idea what he's going to yeah, be.
1: Yeah, I don't know. No, I I literally like if you <laughs> I would not want to stake anything on what Anthony Richardson is going to be. I know he's a great athlete. I know there is potential there with his legs. I know there's potential there with his arms. There's also potential there for him, him and the person who drafts him to be out of the National Football League within three to four years. So, yeah, that's a that's a fun one. Interesting. Yeah. That would, would, would you would you be happy or sad? Fitzy I, the fan,
0: the Foxborough faithful. Happy or uh, sad? Uh-huh. Uh, I'd be okay with it. Me too. I'm not. I don't. I don't think it's what Mediocrity needs. To happen, but I no. I think it. I I listen. Like you mediocre, did. We're you, mediocre. You took, but you took Mac Jones's sophomore season away from him, and now you're going to say you're going to have to pay for what for the mistake we made. Goodbye. Like that's that's pretty rough. That's that's pretty rough. I still think, in the grand scheme of things, Mac Jones deserves one more kick at the can with a well, proper offensive coordinator. Yeah, listen, you never knocked me down, Ray. Uh, But if this were to happen, holy smokes, I got to tell you, since we're going to be on the air that night, that would make for a hell of a draft night show. It would be the exact opposite. Yes. Yes. It would be the exact opposite of last year when we were on the air and it was the Patriots at you, me and Mutt Cole strange. (sighs) Yeah. This would be like they traded up. What? (laughs) (laughs) uh, Anthony uh, Richardson, the old puppet gif. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, have the dump button on the ready because the holy S's and the you got to be effing kidding me's will be flying. Yep. I love it. Maybe Narragansett yeah. can swing by and drop off a case of draft night beers for us yeah. as well since, since they sponsored Get the Donk Uh All right, moving on. Let's see, Andy. I whipped up a little piece for .com not opinionating about what's going on in Foxborough, rather just sort of keeping tab, if you will, on all the prospects that have visited for top 30s, uh in the last week or so see Giardi reported that Jordan Addison was in town Wednesday they're doing all the due diligence on the top four receivers Jordan yeah. Addison, Quentin Johnson who Bill Belichick visited with at his pro day, Zay Flowers, your guy is coming to town and Jackson Smith and Jigbo was in town to see his brother uh help the Pittsburgh Pirates sweep the Red Sox and he met with the Patriots and said uh he had great chats and who knows maybe he'll be here in a couple of weeks so uh, are you happy about, I know you want Zay among the four. I'd be happy with, I think Addison's good. Might be the most pro ready of them, of them all. Might be the most well-rounded overall receiver. Uh, I think he's like Jahan Dotson plus two. But if they were to take Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'd be shocked. I wouldn't hate it. I definitely don't think they're going wide receiver round one though.
1: Well, that's a bit of a wet blanket take for this. Nah, uh, I did No, I I think receiver is very much in the mix. I think mm -hmm. Zay Flowers is in the mix. Uh, I know some people want to, again, use the word greedy and value and trade down and get Zay Flowers and accumulate picks, Mm -hmm. whatever. If you end up with Zay Flowers somehow, some way, I would be very happy. If you end up with a receiver, I'm not going to assume he stinks. I know a lot of people are going down the... Because Bill drafted Nikhil Harry, this guy's going to stink too, doesn't know mm-hmm. what he's doing, old man lost his way, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Nope, I'm not going to be pessimistic. If they take one of those four receivers, I am going to play the role of Fitzy superfan and be mm-hmm. excited to see what happens, be excited to see how Mac and Bill O'Brien put him to use. I would love to see it because, again, I have three needs circled, three needs that I think are legitimate needs. Number one receiver, number one tackle, number one cornerback. I've been talking about that for months. Couldn't
0: disagree more. Couldn't disagree more. I mean, couldn't disagree less. Couldn't disagree less.
1: I'm not going to be Adam Jones and, and bitch about it when I get what I want, Mr. Negativity, the vulture, I'm not doing that. If you give me one of those three positions, tackle's not as exciting. I'll get more excited about corner and wide receiver, but I will Mm -hmm. not bitch
0: about one of those three positions. And speaking of tackles as well, uh, according to Jeremy Fowler, Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones will be coming in to visit with the Patriots as well as the Jets, Titans, Cardinals, and Bears. He's projected to be an early to mid-round first-round pick. Big boy out of Georgia. No, he's not going to be Isaiah Wynn, but I understand any hesitancy displayed by the Pats fans. Another offensive lineman, Antonio from who played, I believe, at UCLA. Uh, He is taking a top-30 visit with the Patriots. Yep, he was with UCLA a converted defensive lineman who turned into one of the best guards in the country. Moving on. We also have
1: guard. I will not be happy.
0: No, I will not. I, we do not need another. The guard is the last thing that I think the Patriots need to prioritize. You can grab another one. Although there's a couple more that are young that could get a kick at the can as well this season. Uh, let's see. Jammy Robinson safety from Florida state is taking a top 30 with the Patriots as well. Yeah. I don't think. He's not a first round option. Certainly no. not
1: a 14th option. He's uh, a fit. I think they think pack. like
0: fourth, like a fit, probably a fourth or fifth. He's a day three oh. pick. Oh, I don't think day. I think day two. I think you he's think day so. Two I think I, he's I, okay. I, he's like, I wasn't wowed by his numbers or what I saw. Oh, I'm not in love with him. Um, but I think
1: he's probably a day two pick. I don't love the safety class. I think after Brian Branch, it drops off pretty quickly, and there's only a couple guys that I think are even starting caliber NFL safeties. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian Branch is the the safety out of Alabama, who I think is one of the top five to seven handful of best overall prospects in the draft. I think he's a really good player. I've come around on him the more yeah? I've watched. Oh, you have? Really? Him, okay. Yeah. Now, I, I don't think the Patriots need him. I don't really want to see them invest in him at the 14th pick in the draft but I think he's a really good player. I don't think there's a lot of really good safeties in this class.
0: Uh, as far as Which, defense by the way, goes, uh, yeah, people can listen
1: to the safety six rings and prospect things podcast coming up soon. It's recorded. Hmm. It's in the can where Shime and I give you a good 20 plus minutes on the safety position. Something I never saw coming.
0: Who doesn't love a nice little deep dive to be the most informed and thoroughly edumacated Patriots fan in advance of the draft where you can fall in love with all these players and see Bill, Matt and company take none of them.
1: Oh. And as
0: far as getting after the passer goes, uh, San and San Jose state, uh, defensive lineman edge player, uh, junior Fijoko is visiting the new England Patriots. This kid is like sneaky, sneaky productive. I looked at his numbers, saw a little bit of the, uh, the YouTube edge. This kid can get after the quarterback. He looks like a really salt, like a nice day three pick, like a fourth, uh fourth or fifth round, highly productive, underrated player. And also today, uh, as reported by Aaron Wilson, uh, Georgia defensive end Nolan Smith
1: is visiting the Patriots. undersized uh, edge rusher. I think he's only like 238, something like that. I'd be interested to see some of this if Bill is evolving. Some of these guys that are athletes. You could question is Bill a little slow to the party? Have other teams accepted that these are somewhat modern football players? Um, with builds and skill sets and athleticisms. Um, he's an interesting guy as an edge mm. rusher that I think would be a step in the modern direction. Um, not sure a step about, what, are, what happened
0: to Ronnie Perkins? Uh, he's gonna join is he gonna join Sean Crable and yeah, I'm uh, not sure many others a, in uh, the yeah. yeah, but who
1: knows? Josh Uche had a breakout third season, so actually mm-hmm. breakout second half of a third season to become that's a an do-
0: intriguing See to me, it's like, do you is is he a part of the future? Do you think he's going to continue to show out this year? Could he be a trick? Could he be a trade chip? Like, all right, well, luckily he, he showed out at the right time. Now his, he's as valuable as he could ever get. He could be involved in a draft day trade to another team. That's looking for a young edge rusher.
1: Yeah. I would never rule it out because you are going to have to pay him. And I do have a hard time envisioning them saying he's a, um, you know, $15 million a year edge guy. I, I don't, I can't imagine them giving him that contract, but I've been wrong before, but you know, it was interesting Tom Curran for one of his TV shows, quick slants or something. He likes to put out those polls and he Mm -hmm. put the list of expiring contracts. And I think he asked fans to pick like three names that you would love to sign from the list. Mm -hmm. And it includes Ramondre Stevenson and Kyle Duggar and Josh Uche and more people, including, I believe both Curran and Phil Perry were high on the idea of re-signing Josh Uche and, I don't think I would give that big money contract to Josh Uche. Hmm. I don't. And I'm not sure they will. And if you're right, if they're not going to, you might want to consider trading him. I'd wait till the trade deadline. Get 10 sacks out of him before the trade deadline, then ship him out of town.
0: Depending on what your record is. That's obviously indicative well, assuming of. Assuming your
1: record stinks and you're in fourth oh. place, then you might as well unload him.
0: Why Why bother? Why At, even bother?
1: Send him to a team that's actually a contender.
0: Oh, this hurts too much. That's it. I'm never doing Truth this Truth is again. never mean. Uh, that's, that's an opinion. No, no, that's a no. that that's that's a statement, that's a fact. However, that's it's your opinion of the truth. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that that. Yeah, yeah. okay, right. Just wanted to parse that out. Yep. Okay. Lastly and probably leastly, uh the other day I jumped on our pal Andrew Callahan's podcast and we did a three-round mock draft, Andy. I want to get your grade and your thoughts on how I foresaw the New England Patriots first three rounds going in the draft. Okay. In the first round, with pick number 14, you're not going to like this. The New England Patriots trade back to 21 with the Los Angeles, the Los San Diego Chargers, I like to call them. Okay. The Chargers take running back Bijan Robinson out of Texas, who, of course, has been mocked by some, including Daniel Jeremiah, to the Patriots, which I think is just absolutely batshit crazy. The safest pick in the draft. Saquon Barkley 2.0, you say?
1: Uh, maybe even safer than that.
0: Do the Patriots need him? No. OK, so that's why the you Chargers take
1: it. having good football players or. No, great football I understand
0: players. you could probably the, the the formation they could put out with Gisicki, Hunter Henry, James Robinson, Ramondre Stevenson, Bijan Robinson, and then five linemen and insert quarterback here would be progressive, to say the least. However, I can't see them taking him. The Chargers, however, have an issue with Austin Eckler. They mm-hmm. would flourish with a guy that's the safest pick in the draft and could be a dual threat on offense so I see them moving up to grab their Austin Eckler plus of the future Patriots go back to 21 and with the 21st pick in the 2023 draft the New England Patriots select Dewan Taylor tackle University of Tennessee I'm fine with it I'm fine with it I don't love it
1: because you know my general philosophy that I'd like to see this team do is trade up to get the best of something the best tackle who comes what if down they love him? it
0: what if they love him
1: yeah, they'll tell us that, and they loved Mac, too, until they stopped loving Mac and been shopping did him. They? Did they? I don't know. They picked him. Really? And I was supposed to believe by them picking them that they loved him. Oh, my God, the perfect quarterback fell right in Bill Belichick's lap at 15. Now you're telling me they love him. I don't know how much you love him. If you love somebody, you set them free, and they sometimes don't come back.
0: Well, he could probably he could start at right tackle or he could work his way through the Riley Reefs and the Calvin Andersons and the bum fight that's going to be taking place over at right tackle, Trent's over at left, and Yachty then maybe could you just, could shift him get. to... Oh, and he could just his back. That's right. He could so just sign his uh, tender. 2.67 million. Must Not be guaranteed, nice. though. He can be cut. True. So it's pretty... I Anyway, That's I see them going with a tackle. It's probably the most... Least risky. It's probably the most surefire of all things. Just go get a wall of humanity. Yeah, like protect Isaiah your Watt. quarterback. Yeah, that worked out. In the second round, the New England Patriots have acquired, thanks to the trade, uh, the draft day trade chart. They have the Los Angeles Chargers' second round pick. Okay. So with the 46th pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the New England Patriots select cornerback Emmanuel Forbes, Mississippi State.
1: Very popular pick to the Patriots of late. Uh, I love his production.
0: 14 am... picks in college, six last year, six pick sixes, mm. and 166 uh, so, pounds. Yeah, he needs to put on some weight. So he he runs less, a four-three-five, more
1: frail than my sophomore son. He is a bit of a twig. But the hearts said, are stout. You guys
0: are a stout family.
1: Oh, yeah. My son will outweigh this guy. By the time he gets out of high school, my, I firmly believe my son will outweigh this guy by 30 pounds. And... You're going to take him in the second round. Six one.
0: The outside. He's productive.
1: He is. Is he going to break? The good news is when he practices against Taekwon Thornton, it'll be two stick <laughs> figures doing battle on the Gillette Stadium practice field, so they won't get hurt. They won't hurt each other. Um, I love his production. I think he's really good. It would scare the hell out of me to draft 160. Like... If you looked at a high school roster, the guy who weighs one sixty would stand out. Now you're mm-hmm. going to tell me this dude is your number one cornerback potentially Iseline. at 166 pounds? It's
0: going to make Tyquan Thornton looks like he needs to go on awaken 180. Yeah, like what? I, I,
1: but I love I love the idea of just saying the new modern NFL is forget the the position measurables, forget it. Just look at production. Can he play? Because this guy can absolutely play.
0: Yeah. Uh, He absolutely can. And he's fast and he's a ball hawk. And he's got the productivity in the NFL of college in the SEC as well. With the pick they've acquired from the Los Angeles Chargers at 54, the New England Patriots address their tight end of the future. Bill goes back into the highly athletic developmental physical freak pool of Georgia and selects tight end Darnell Washington.
1: Wow. If you get washed, is this the third round?
0: No, there's pick 54, the second round, okay, the one they got round. from the Chargers and the B. John Robinson. Almost trade.
1: The third round, though, you're l- yeah. later on in the second round, Um, okay. one of the more intrigue. Yeah, this is uh one of the most big intrig- show. Well, I'm, but I mean, this draft you're putting together with a 166 pound productive cornerback and now a free a 280. Pound end, end. Some people think could bulk up and become a tackle if he, yeah. if he needed to be. Oh, um, absolutely. But. Doesn't have the production coming out of Georgia, but you certainly could see the production potential in the NFL, red zone, size. um,
0: Six foot eight and could block his ass off, too.
1: Absolutely. But he can't just – if you draft a blocking tight end in the second round, it's not a great pick. He has to have something offensively.
0: Again. uh, But he's intriguing. This is I'm putting
1: together an all intrigue team for the for the Patriots. To hear
0: to to get that from you with a pick to go, I'll take that as a plus. Okay. And with and with their third and final pick in my three round mock draft at pick 76, the New England Patriots do finally address the receiver position. However, they do not go and get the big body outside Alpha True number 1, you and many other Patriots fans covet. Instead, they finally get the water bug, the Twitch guy. The get open in a phone booth, as Tom Curran says, guy over the middle. And they go back to a familiar pool once again. Pick 76 out of the University of Houston with 1,400 yards and 17 touchdowns last year. The New England Patriots select Nathaniel Tank Dell, wide receiver, Houston. Marcus Jones, don't worry. We found someone just like you, but he doesn't play defense. So you have
1: drafted a cornerback and a wide receiver who weigh a combined 300 pounds. (laughs) Because he's like one sixty-five himself. Yeah, tiny. Same, he's like the, He literally looks
0: just like same size as Marcus Jones. Unbelievable
1: production. Two like okay. thirteen hundred yard seasons. I love your your draft. is fun. You executive of the year or you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I. You know Boomer what? I, bust. Boomer I, bust. I love it. By you. Exactly. You you have a massive tight end who might end up being a tackle. You have a productive, skinny, twiggy corner who may just not have the frame for the NFL. Who could either
0: break or be rookie of the
1: year. Right, and then a jitterbug playmaker from a place where you've drafted jitterbug playmakers and found success. Uh, I don't hate it. You know me. Mm Entertainment-wise, this entertains me. This is entertaining. Now, it might stop being entertaining in like late August, early (laughs) September when they actually have to play, but for a couple months, this is really entertaining.
0: All right, give me a grade um um
1: i'm gonna say
0: come on give me that c b plus minus. give me that c minus you son of a bitch
1: well give you me know a- the Andy Hart rule of ifs yeah. usually they go 50 50 so you drafted four players that i think are all ifs mm-hmm. so at best you're gonna get two decent players out of the four players so you're a c kind of grade i i
0: I got a B plus on this one. I think this is, I think this addresses needs. I think you get high quality value and speed. You got a couple of four year players. There's a little prospect action in there as well.
1: Twigs.
0: (laughs) I get twigs and walls. That's what I got Two. I have two mammoth humans and I have two, two Titans out. They're all like
1: one average. Yeah.
0: Two Titans and two tinies. All right. We'll see how it goes. All right. Next time we talk, uh, I know we got a couple of prospect pods coming up. Next time we talk, if you get a chance, I know you don't want to reveal all your picks. Let's see if you can whip up a three- or four-round mock. Sure. Can Why not, I get the hell out of you. Absolutely. You do it on a regular basis anyway. It wouldn't be that difficult an exercise. Another very fun podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I had a good time. I hope all of you did as well. Many more Six Rings and Prospect Things podcasts to come. If there is to be any news, a big trade or something else that shakes the very pillars of One Patriot Place, we'll do an urgency pod sometime in the next week to week and a half. Otherwise, enjoy our thoughts on the draft to come. Hopefully, we have filled in the lull accordingly and in an entertaining capacity. He's at Jumbo Heart. I'm at 50GFY. This is the At Six Rings pod. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. As always, good day. God bless. And go Pats.